to Leitner. Puts it up. You're listening to the Culture State Podcast. Get ready. Culture State back in the building. Happy to have you here. I'm Chris Lee. That's my man. I'm Dennis Cox. We're back again, Chris. Yep. Um, With another great guest. And and this is one that kind of fell into our laps. But the last couple episodes kind of fell into our laps, which is a good thing. Which is a good thing. I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to complain about this. This is a big time win as well. So uh, if you are an NC State fan, Mm -hmm. you definitely know of this guy, NC State football fan. Uh, His name is Dwayne Washington. Uh, went on to play for the Minnesota Vikings, Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sorry, what was Jaguars. that team you just said? I'm sorry, what was the team you just said? The the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Pitts, yeah, the Pittsburgh yeah, Steelers. Just want to make sure. And the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, so yeah, he ended up having a really good NFL career. Uh, played from '94 to 2005, and um, 31 interceptions. Yeah, uh, in his NFL career. Touchdowns uh, as well. Yep. I mean, this is uh, when we talk about somebody like he wasn't somebody who was just on the bench. He actually was out there uh, doing things. And, um, you know, he he was he was a big time player uh, for for many years at NFL. So it's a it's a blessing to have him on first round draft pick. And, you know, if you're going to pick a defensive back or a corner in the first round, you expect him to be your number one guy and locking up against the best receiver on the other team. That's exactly what he did. He went up against guys like Sterling Sharp. Mm-hmm. T.O., Michael Irvin, Jerry Rice. Those are guys that he lined up against. And yep. some of the best quarterbacks of that era, you know, for example, when he was in Minnesota, you got to play against Brett Favre and the Green Bay Packers twice a season. So that's who he was facing early on in his career. And, yeah, like you said, 31 interception in his career. I mean, the man stood his ground, that's for sure. You don't last yeah. that long as a defensive back in the NFL unless you're really good. Right. And it's, that's nothing to sneeze at. So he's uh, definitely doing his thing. And – you know, now uh, he, he's one of those guys where he's taking care of his money. He's, he's still making money uh, doing his thing in, in the business world. And so much so that he recently gave uh, a sizable donation uh, to NC State to the tune of one million dollars between him and his wife. That's uh, that's sizable <laughs> million dollars. That's pretty sizable donation. When you can just say, like, like, you know what? I don't have a use for this million dollars. Let me let me give this million dollars away. Yeah. go ahead and do it but i think it's also important and i think it's also very good that people that are in his position that are able to help are also willing and wanting to help there's a lot of people that want to help but don't have the means necessarily to to help on that scale and the fact that he not only does but he's willing to do it the fact i mean if i had a million dollars it'd be hard for me to give that up um, to anybody, uh, to anything. It's a lot of people would be very difficult for them to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But for him to be, him and his wife to sit there and say, hey, we're, we're going to give this back to the school where we went, uh, not only in athletics, but also on the academic end as well, to cultivate a culture at NC State, um, both academically and athletically. It, it's I think it's awesome. And I think it's great. And it shows that anybody that can help out can and should so you just admit it right there that you're kind of selfish oh yeah okay chris <laughs> hey I if i had a million dollars i don't know if i could give that to anybody <laughs> you know, okay you know i give my 50 bucks back to my lacrosse program at, at, at shenandoah university every year okay because that's what i can 
but whatever. You know, Put, if, if, what you're doing. If, if if you're a million, if you had a million that you could give like that, I'm sure yeah. you could give it to Shannon. Oh, yeah, and I would. I would. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis, oh, the man. selfish guy, Cox. All right. Wow. So. Get, get out. <laughs> We appreciate the time from Mr. Washington. We know he had a lot of important things to do, but he was able to give us his time to to talk to us on this podcast, even though Dennis is such a heel sometimes. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. You love playing the good guy so much. (laughs) Got to give you something to work off of. That's funny. Uh, Coming up after this break, you'll hear from Durham, North Carolina native alumni. (laughs) Sorry, Dennis. As he's so there shaking his head if you're watching this on YouTube. Durham, North Carolina native, Northern Durham High School alum, went to NC State, NC State alum, and former NFL player Dwayne Washington after this break. (laughs) All right, let's make this whole thing a Bull City theme. Uh, Dennis, you got a nice Bull City shirt on right there. I just moved to Durham, North Carolina. I like that. I like that. Yeah. I just moved to Durham, North Carolina myself. And then we have somebody who's from Durham, North Carolina, Dwayne Washington, um, you know, former NFL player, former NC State player. And also uh, we could put philanthropist right there, too, on your resume as well. Right. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Yeah, I think we're going to add that now. But, yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, guys, for having me. (laughs) Uh, So let's start with this. Um, You know, recently uh, you and and, um, your wife decided to uh, give a a really uh, sizable gift to NC State. Uh, of $1 million. I, I know it's not a, I know you don't want to make a big deal as far as what you guys are doing, but as far as the impact that you want that money to make uh, over at the school, why was that important for you guys to uh, decide to do that? And and what was, uh, what do you got, what do you hope that comes out of this, uh, this great good? Well, I mean, and I was that's a layered question, you know, with, with so much that happened in, in 2020, you know, we were sitting around the house just like everyone else. And, you know, between the George Floyd ordeal and the pandemic, um, you know, we, we truly felt like it was time for us to to step up and, and, and give to our beloved university uh, in a different way. So that's kind of how it all started uh, for this particular gift. Obviously, we've given to the university ever since uh, we got out of school. I would say back starting prior in 2005 was probably our first gift to the university. But uh, we really wanted to be intentional uh, about this gift. And we both uh, graduated from the College of Humanity and Social Sciences. So we wanted to put a big focus there, uh, especially on the School of Social Work, where my wife graduated from. Um, <clears throat> set up two endowments uh, in the graduate school and undergraduate school um, for kids that are pursuing, you know, diversity and equity, you know, within our community. Um, You know, we really felt like, you know, maybe we need to, you know, give our young people somewhat of a nudge, if you will, Mm -hmm. when it comes to that in particular. Uh, So that was something that we were excited about. And we also, um, we set up an endowment in the Scholars Network uh, also for our young people that are transitioning into NC State to increase the the retention and the recruitment of black and or African-Americans. Um, because, you know, at PWIs, obviously, you know, we're the minority, um, but we, we really had a, a really close knit culture, if you will, when we were there in school back in the 90s. And, uh, and from talking to some young people, we felt like that was starting to slip somewhat. So uh, we wanted to do whatever we could to try to help enhance that. I can I can relate to that from the uh, from I went to UNCG and, you know, it's PWI. And then it, it felt like the black community on campus was very close, tight knit. Um, and because in a way um, we were in a way trying to mirror the experience at A&T with where we were at. Right, <laughs> you know, right, right. Like that. 
Right. Um, and, and so, but, so I, I definitely get it from, from that standpoint as well. Um, but also, uh, with just giving back in general, not just this one particular gift, uh, what type of legacy are you looking to leave? You know, that's interesting. I, 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 you know, I guess, uh, I really hadn't started looking at my life in that way, but, um, you know, I think we have had a long history of giving, you know, back to our community. You know, as soon as I stepped in the NFL in 1994, I was fortunate to, you know, to be around some some older guys that had foundations and just saw what they were doing. And I immediately said, hey, I got to go and do that back in Durham. So uh, that's where we started. Um, we had a foundation for about 10 years around here, giving away um, uh, uh, scholarships for kids that were going to in-state schools, again, promoting, you know, the schools in our UNC system. And when that kind of ran its course, you know, me and the wife sat down and said, OK, what, what's our next phase of giving? Um, and there's just been countless in various ways that we've been able to give to our community, to our church um, um, throughout the years. And, and and that's just in our DNA. You know, that's one thing I would say me and my wife definitely have uh, in common is just uh, just giving back uh, without expecting anything in return. Having the locker room named after you. Um... You know, you you came out of there, uh, not the same one, but you came out of the NC State locker room on game day all the time. And and now other NC State players will walk out of the locker room named after you. How does that feel for you? Well, for one, you know, hopefully it'll be a name for some of the, the kids that they'll recognize. Um, and, and that's just to me where it all starts. You know, uh, that's where all the relationships really starts. You know, that's where all the joking and laughing. It's just it's just such a um, uh, influential place when it comes to. Uh, the maturation of the football player is the locker room. You know, it's the last place where the coach talks to you before you go out to battle. You know what I mean? It's the place where where you go to even after an injury. You know, it's just it's all encompassing, if you will, um, um, that locker room. And just your having your little space, with, you know, your little cubby with your shoulder pads and everything. It's just been always been a special, special place, no matter what level. But obviously at NC State, um, it was definitely a special place for me. Uh, for me as a former athlete, I that's probably the one thing I miss the most is the locker room and yeah. just hanging out with your teammates. That's where that's where bonds are formed. Right that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, no doubt about that. I mean, you're in there laughing and joking and it's just it's just a fun time, you know, um, and I just think that that whole preparation, you know, I think everybody prepares their mind for that day, whatever is that task for that day in the locker room, you know, so um, definitely, definitely excited about that. Yeah, that's awesome. And your your legacy kind of helps to uh, live on and, 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 you know, it gives a lot of people something to strive towards. You know, you had a, a, a good NFL career, uh, able to come in and, and use your uh, talents to go towards business as well now and now giving back. So it's a, it's a great example to set. So that's uh, that's amazing that you uh, yet you did that as well. So, uh, yeah. you know, it's definitely something that's uh, inspiring, something great to look up to. Yeah, I mean that's what it's all about. You know, we have to inspire our young people, and hopefully they'll they'll take what I've done and take it to another level. You know, that's what it's all about. Why is it so important for people to give back either to their schools or community? Why is it important? Well, you got to understand. You know, these universities, it's a business, right? You know, so they do have to have funds coming in, um, donations coming in for uh, that business to to thrive and strive. Uh, in the way that we all would want them to be. You know, I think we're very, very fortunate the way the UNC system is set up um, that we do get some money from from legislature. But other than that, it's going to come from from donations. So whether it's NC State of Carolina or Elizabeth City or Central, you know, we all do need help. They all do need help. 
That's awesome. Um, it's always great to see uh, folks decide to give back. Um, what Talk about maybe the, the community uh, that you grew up in, in Durham, and then some of where you came, um, you, you went to UN, uh, NC State, excuse me, and, uh, you know, of course, you got some um, influences from the Raleigh area as well to help make you who you are, and you went on to become uh, a very suc successful NFL uh, player. How did your communities help to shape you as a person that, built that love that made you want to come back and, and give some back. Well, you know, I think for me, you know, community started back in Georgetown, South Carolina, a little town in between Charleston and Myrtle Beach. That's actually where I was born. Mm -hmm. um, and we moved here, moved to Durham when I was two. So, um, but but I saw my grandmother because my mom would always drop me off every summer back down there. Uh, I just saw her and, and her willingness to give and just how she did it with such a smile on her face uh, with a woman that really didn't have much at all, you know, just working in tobacco fields and cotton fields her whole life. But she gave so much back to her community. And I wanted to mimic that. And that just kind of it just kind of grew from there. But, um, you know, growing up in Durham, obviously Durham was going through a tr transition, you know, with uh, with the big tobacco industries leaving. Um, and so Durham was. Uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't in its best light, you know, that it is right now, to say the least. You know, I can remember a lot of days walking those streets downtown. Everything was dark and dilapidated or what have you. And obviously the spotlights on Durham now and everything uh, is turned on. And you got people from all over the world, obviously, coming from a development perspective to Durham. So let's, I want to go into your your time at Northern Durham High School, if I remember correctly, that's where you, you went to high school. Yeah. What was the recruiting process like for you then? Uh, you obviously went to NC State, but this is back at a time where there wasn't online clips of kids on YouTube or on Instagram right. you know, showing their highlights. So what was it like getting recruited back in that time? You know, I, to be honest, uh, I don't know how, you know, coaches found out how they did how they did it back then, but, <laughs> but I can remember, um, you know, my, my junior and senior year, you know, the college coaches coming around and being at practice and all that, you know, that was obviously an exciting time. And um, obviously my coach was pretty well connected. I mean, Coach Coach Browning, who's, uh, I think, uh, assistant coach over at Carolina right now, is just, uh, I think, one of the best high school coaches that's ever come through North Carolina. So, and we had some great, great teams. I think we may have lost three games my entire three years I was there. Um, so it, it, it was fun, you know, to be honest, you know, obviously the big thing back then was going on the five official visits. I think now these kids get on the campuses so much more often than, than we were able to back then. But, uh, you know, I was blessed to be recruited by pretty much all the ACC schools and uh, a couple of schools in the SEC, but, but, uh, but state ended up being the right place for the right time. That's for sure. That's awesome. Um, and, and it's, it's great to always see uh, the, the talent stay close to home. Uh, as well. So you go to NC State, have a great career there and uh, transition into the to the NFL. Um, did you ever have a moment in maybe one of your first games where you kind of sat back and you couldn't believe it? Like, wow, like I'm, I'm actually here like that. That kind of happens to me sometimes uh, with television. This is something I, I dreamed about as a kid. And then I sit back and like, you know, you, you forget all, all the complaints that you may have for, for certain things. And you're like, no, I actually I'm here. I'm living what I was, uh, you know, dreaming about doing. Did you have a lot of those moments uh, starting off in your first year? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, for me, it happened draft day, you know, just being blessed and fortunate, you know, to be asked to, to come to New York and, you know, and be there with all the other guys and, and um, you know, Paul Taglaboo holding up the jersey and all that. You know, it, it hit me right then. It was just like, wow, you know, this is uh, a culmination of a lot of hard work and, and, and um, 
who would have thought it would have been me, but obviously putting the work in and obviously having a little talent behind it, you know, got me on that stage. So you played four years at Minnesota, and then you go to my team. My my family's from Western Pennsylvania. So oh, okay. I'm a Steeler <laughs> fan. So I, I'm thinking back in the day, like, I remember Dwayne Washington when he signed with the team back in the 90s. Uh, <laughs> so this is a fun moment for me. Uh, did you, with Bill Cower, was your head coach, who's also an NC State grad. Do you guys have any conversations about NC State, about what he experienced at State and what you experienced at NC State? You know, to, to be honest, not too much, not really. You know, I mean, we we had definitely a, a, a player-coach relationship. You know what I mean? I mean, we would, from time to time, maybe say a little something about the game or something like that, but never, never nothing too much. But uh, – uh, obviously, it was great, you know, the fact that Coach was a Woolpacker and the fact that he got into the Hall of Fame. That was huge for us. Absolutely. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's interesting uh, growing up watching football during that time. It always felt like it was um, the Steelers and the Cowboys, you know, for That's me right. as, a, as a kid. <laughs> that was uh, that was really like big time as, as the as the um, as the teams in the NFL. I, I just want to know just from a player standpoint you know i know a lot of times fans get into uh teams that don't they don't like but was there a team that you just didn't like and you maybe still don't like as much right now uh just simply because you played against them and and, and you know you just have that you know um you know, that loyalty towards one of your teams that you played with well i mean you know i kind of watched the game a little different right you know having right. played it you know as a job you know what i mean so um it, it not so much don't like. I mean, I, I understand what each team is going through out there to, you know, to win a football game. It's very, very tough. And it's only, you know, a small, small margin between, you know, the Kansas City of the world and maybe the, uh, I don't know, Cincinnati Bengals or what have you. But um, so it wasn't a team that I really just disliked, to be honest. No, nah, not really. It's okay. I'll say Cleveland Browns for you. That's a big rivalry there. Now. I mean, now, get me wrong. It was it was huge rivalry games. Yeah. You know, obviously the Ravens because they were the original Cleveland Browns. All that. I mean, there was some really really big games. And obviously, when I was in Minnesota, where anytime we played the the Packers, you know, that was um, a huge game. And you know, growing up, you know, around here, obviously Sterling Sharp was huge. Um, uh, player uh, at the University of South Carolina, so getting to play against him my rookie year that 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 was big because he was pretty much at the top of his career at that point, and um, I think I had a pretty pretty good game against him. But uh, him and Brett, they were tough. What was it like taking the field against against some of the the best players that have ever played the game? Game the names that are still known today. Yeah, you know, I think you learn early on um, that as a player, you can't get caught up on the name on the back of the jersey. Mm -hmm. You know, I had an old guy tell me that, and it really it really uh, took that to heart because, you know, I was a little bit in awe when I played against Sterling, but um, somewhere in between there after that game, I think we may have played them maybe my second game or rookie year, or if not the first one or two. Um, you know, I had an old guy kind of pull me to the side and kind of let me know that, and that resonated with me. And I'm like, you know, that's true. You know, at the end of the day, we're all out here on the same field. We all got the, you know, one common goal is to win the game. So, um, but obviously I was blessed to play against all of them. I mean, obviously Michael, Michael Irvin and, and Jerry Rice a couple of times. And, I mean, T.O., I mean, you can go on and on. I want to uh, talk about your time coaching. You you're at uh, Heritage High School for uh, a little bit and you decided to step away. Um, one, are you going to think about getting back into coaching at some point? And, and two, um, what did you learn from, from those being able to now – 
uh, take what you've learned uh, as, as a player throughout your career and even as a professional and then imparting that to the next generation of football players? Well, I tell you, you know, my time, the three years at, at Heritage 2015 to 17 was was a great time for me. I, I, I needed that at that point in time. I wanted to to be able to, to lead a group of young men and see what we could make out of it, you know, uh, be the person that had the last say so, if you will. Um, and, and, you know, I truly feel like, we, you know, we're able to make an impact on the young people. And I really realized at that time just how much they need, you know, and how much time it requires. Um, and I think that was the thing that, that that made me step away because I started to feel like I was maybe not giving them all the time that they needed and deserved. But uh, for the time we were there, I mean, I was blessed with some great guys, you know, great players. It's obviously playing college ball now. So, um, you know, we had, we, we had a great run. I, I really take my hat off to every high school coach because they, they do exponentially more than we ever could know when it comes to, to these young people. Absolutely. So some of those players you mentioned playing college ball, Drake Thomas, Thayer Thomas, Ricky Person, all at NC State right now. <laughs> uh, did you have any influence on on their? No, 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 no. I know influence. <laughs> nah, I tell people, people ask me that all the time. I'm like, no, I tell you, you go to the school that you feel like is best for you. You know, communicate with your family. Now, um, you know, I would pretty much lay it all out there for them um, when it came to all the schools because they all were looking. They had so many uh, excellent choices because you know my coach did the same thing for me. You know. When I was getting recruited, I just knew I was going to the University of South Carolina. And he he kind of said, hey, you know, wait a minute. Don't make any hasty decisions. And that was kind of the same kind of tutelage I tried to pass on to those guys. Now, yeah, I'm, I'm excited they're in the red and white, but that was definitely their choice. <laughs> you, you tell them, no, no, go wherever you want to go. But you're wearing an NC State hat. And you no, had like a no, no. Like, <laughs> just go wherever you want to go. Like, it's, it's uh, fine. You know, hey, you were, don't, roll don't me to the game about, on Saturday. Don't forget about my quarterback, Gunnar Hogan. You know, he's over at Duke, so yeah. that was my quarterback, too. So great, great player. When you see those guys uh, on, on screen, uh, like, you know, that, that's got to be a proud feeling, uh, seeing what they're doing at this level for you. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. And, and you know, um, you know, as a player, you're just playing the game ever since I was young. You know, you could see it, you know, in certain kids and, and those guys that you mentioned. I definitely could see um, that they truly had potential to play you know, at the college level, at a high level. And, and they're they're definitely making that come to fruition. They really are. So outside of the uh, philanthropy, you know, what's next? What, what do you have uh, that you want to accomplish within uh, the next few years that's uh, really getting uh, you going every single day? Well, you know, we have a um, commercial development company. You know, we got some good projects going on in, in, in the little smaller towns from Wilson to Fayetteville to Danville to Rocky Mount. You know, we're really excited about that, just the impact, the transition you can help uh, these smaller towns reimagine what they can be like, what they can be. Um, everybody looks up to, you know, Durham and, and, and Raleigh and Charlotte, but there's a lot of great towns, you know, in North Carolina. So uh, my company, we're doing our best to go in there just to bring some development to those towns. So we're excited about that. And, you know, coaching in the future, you never know. I mean, every time I go out to practice over at state, boy, I tell you, I'm like, man, you know, <laughs> I get excited about it. I, I end up hopping in the drills. I know the coaches are like, man, who's this guy? What is he doing? <laughs> you know, but um, that passion will always be there. So, so you never know from that perspective. And, and, uh, and just from a philanthropy perspective, I mean, we're going to keep, keep that going. I mean, as long as we continue to be blessed, uh, we're going to continue to give our time, talents, and our treasures. You know, it's just not about, you know, the monetary thing for us. It's it's, it's about um, being there, being around, whatever I'm needed at the time. My wife also, I mean, she's actually teaching at State now. So she's truly giving her time back um, to the school. So in any way we see fit that we can while we're here, we're going to do it. 
You said Danville. I guess that means Danville, Virginia. That's where my mom is from. Yeah. I still have, have some cousins and things over there. So um, what, do, what have your, what has your company done over there in Danville? Well, we haven't done anything yet, but we got we got a couple of projects that's in the process okay. that hopefully um, maybe some from our apartments to some townhomes or whatever, because obviously, you know, they got the big casino coming up there in Danville. So. Yeah, that's that's big. That's a town that definitely needs it um, for sure. When you talk about, you know, uh, the uh, the tobacco industry leaving Durham, yeah. the, um, you know, the uh, mill industry, I guess, mm-hmm. what do you call it? The, the hosiery and all that, that's mm-hmm. all that's in Danville and all that. And so uh, mm-hmm. I know that's an area that definitely needs a lot. So yeah. um, for sure. Well, I'm, I'm glad we had a chance to have this time with you. And uh, it's, it's very inspiring to, to hear somebody who uh, is from the area, from the 919 and went off and did some amazing things and, and now is uh, coming back and making sure that uh, the future is, is continues to be bright. Um, so th- I'm glad that we had a chance to talk with you and, and meet you today. Yeah, no, I appreciate you guys, man. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, if we want to see change in society, we got to be that change, right? You know, and that's just what I try to pass on to my my children, you know, and obviously to the community. We, we can't just sit around and talk about it. We have to do our part uh, to be that change that we want to see. All right. Sounds good. Well, Mr. Dwayne Washington doing some great things in the community. Thank you so much for your time today. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Dennis, I've never had um, anything named after me. And to think about a locker room being named after yeah. you, is a, that's a big time deal. Um, my wife doesn't even want to name if we have a son. She doesn't even want to name him Chris Jr. She's what? like, OK, yeah. My wife Here's is like, no, no. This is why you name him Chris the second. Because, like, for example, for me, I'm named after nice. Stafford. I am not a junior. I'm Dennis Cox the second. Okay. <laughs> so you can just go Chris Lee the second. That's okay. That's I told okay. Her. Actually, I encourage that. I told her that, and she somehow thinks that's worse. What? Hold on. <laughs> I am now offended. I am now offended by this. You should be because I, I like the idea. I love I love the idea. Like it's it's one of those yeah. things where, and then I would just be you know called you know the first you know Chris or Chris Senior. Well, you can do that too. I don't want to be called Senior. I'll be called okay. the first. Okay, you you the first. Christopher Lee the first. All and right. I think that is a great idea. Yes. To to do that, and then my son, if I have a son, all right, he could be Christopher Lee the second. I see nothing wrong with that idea, but you know my wife Carissa Lee calling her out because I know she listens to this um, is against that whole idea. And wow. look how Dennis turned out. He's, he's the co-host of the culture. <laughs> I don't know if that's an example that you want to use Chris. <laughs> no, 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 no. You are the co-host of the culture state podcast and the culture state Saturday radio show. You are successful young man. Sure. We'll call it that. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is oh, what yeah, Christopher yeah. Lee, the second could be well myself. I've done pretty well for myself. So anyway, the whole point is, clearly I haven't done anything great enough to have anything named after me, not even my own kid, but, you know, whatever. Uh, (laughs) Dwayne Washington is great enough to have a locker room named after him. So that is a great guy. (laughs) And he has former players that play for him at Heritage High School, which is just up north of Raleigh and Wake Forest. He has players that play for him that are in that locker room still. Drake Thomas, Thera Thomas, Ricky Person Jr., guys who start – at NC State, so it's it, it is yeah, like a legacy, almost kind of being passed down from you know former player to coach to current player. 
By the way, um, if you guys don't get a chance to listen to Culture State Saturdays on 99.9 The Fan, um, you're kind of missing out on on some really good treats because Dennis and I also, we have nicknames for people. So Drake Thomas, who went to Heritage High School, I call him the certified tackle boy. Yeah. um, Because his name is one, Drake. All right. And then two, he tackles people a lot. He does. So with certified lover boy coming out, he's a certified tackle boy. Ricky Person Jr., mm-hmm. one half of the Outsiders. That's right. It's the NC State Wolfpack. Him and Bam Knight, they're a dynamic duo. They're yeah. doing great coming out of that backfield. We call them the Outsiders. You know, th- those are all things that have happened um, right there on uh, Culture State Saturday, which you can listen to every Saturday on 99.9 The Fan or the WRL Sports Fan app. Just a little plug right there. Yeah, just, again, wherever you listen to WRL, that's us. We're there. WRL Sports Fan, the app. 100%. We're all there. And if you're not in the uh, 919, you can, you know, go to the app, go to the website. Free. We're there. It's free. free. Sounds good. Really good stream. Very high quality stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it would be high quality if I could have Christopher Lee the second, but, you know. We have another name picked out. It's close to Chris. Okay. okay. But it's not Christopher Lee the second. Maybe. Maybe one day. Maybe you win some, you lose some. Maybe one day. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening to the Culture State Podcast. <laughs> and um, <laughs> expect me to talk about being in the doghouse next week. I'm Chris Lee. <laughs> I'm Dennis Cox. Uh, I'm going to work on getting Chris out of the doghouse. <laughs> yeah, I might be sleeping in this uh, wide open space in this new house downstairs on the couch for a little bit. There you go. <laughs> Enjoy that sectional good, sir. Yeah, oh, I've got all, all the sections I can sprawl out on at night. <laughs> all right, guys. Give us that thick five-star rating. We'll see you again next week. The Culture State Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network, with new shows coming out every Wednesday. Download and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts, including the WREL Sports Fan app.